Aalto University Podcast. This is Cloud Reaches and I'm Tomi Kauppinen. Today, uh, welcome Sabba. Thank you. This is fantastic. We've been planning this for a while. <laughs> One week actually. Yeah. <laughs> Seven days after I was your guest. Uh, hey, um, I want to start with um, with all your fantastic activities. Um, you just started a, a dissertation on design thinking for K-12 education. Can you share about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have, um, I've been looking at design thinking for many, many years now. And through my graduate program, it's been such an incredible experience to be able to really dive into the research, but also really be able to go and visit different places, you know, especially coming out and visiting you in Finland at Alto, and really just being able to see design thinking for more than just what's written on pen and paper and really how people are practicing it. So this idea really came from a gap that I saw existing um, between, you know, we were hearing all of these big ideas from like, you know, McKinsey, the World Economic Forum and places like that about everything we need to do because the world is changing and these are the skills that employers want. Um, Yet, In classrooms, like on the ground, like on the total other side, we were seeing completely different sets of challenges. And, you know, nobody's going to disagree that these are the skills people need. And yes, no one's going to disagree that the world is changing. And everybody kind of knows what needs to be done, right? We agree that, you know, active learning is good. We agree that project-based learning, design thinking, all these kinds of activities are great. The problem is how, right? We have such traditional structures that exist. How do we break through those traditional structures and design something completely new? And we're seeing a lot of different people experiment with a lot of different things. And one of the themes that I think is coming up over and over again as a promising practice is design thinking, because it helps people take a really complex challenge and say, okay, how might we design something different and how might we create a solution and as you go through that process not only are you coming up with a new idea but you're also really developing these mindsets of being empathetic towards okay well who am i designing for what are their needs what are their interests what are their motivations what are their fears and it's also teaching us to create something quickly right? A lot of times when we have an idea, we want to wait until it's perfect, but we're scared to take risks or we're scared to let something fail. And design thinking really helps you break away from a lot of the things that we're not always comfortable doing. And so if you can take these design thinking practices and begin teaching them as early as kindergarten, and then you think about kids having that experience all the way through their education, When they're about to enter the workplace or they're about to think about, well, what do I want my future to look like? They just have such an incredible toolkit to take with them. So uh, so they would be uh, actual design thinkers when they uh, they finish their school. Wow, Absolutely. I mean, that would be a nice. Uh, how do you think, I mean, um, could they actually themselves even uh, design their own dream school? 
their own dream school. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. There's like so many pieces that go into that. But you know, one of the things that I think is so important is for people, you know, especially kids to be in a place where they have a really strong relationship with whoever it is that is teaching them, whoever it is that they're learning from. I think, you know, having that relationship gives us safety, gives us trust, and that's what allows us to try new things. And I think that's got to be one of the most important things, I think, not just for, you know, in a dream school or for just for young people, but really adults as well, is what are your interests? You know, what are you excited about? And not just what are your interests and what are you excited about, but also who do you want to work with? Where in the world do you want to be working and living? And I think today people just have so much choice for what kind of life they can live that I think that is something that if you can bring within a school would be really incredible. And then the other aspect, maybe like another part would be collaboration. You know, at the end of the day, we don't know what we don't know. So the more partnerships you can build with businesses, with different nonprofits, with different other, you know, people, it gives kids exposure. Wow, I had no idea this was an, something that even existed. So those are some of the things that I think would make for a dream school. Wow, that's great. I mean, um, talking about uh, dream school and, and uh, of course, visual appearance of it, um, Digital media, it's its obviously there. And uh, you have been super active in creating media of different kinds. I mean, I have seen your videos and now you started the podcast. You have given a lot of keynotes. And of course, social media is uh, is uh, sharing about your views and thoughts and about your even photos of your slides and, and lots of things. So what drives you in uh, doing all these activities and, and in learning? Yeah, I guess. A part of it is I'm scared that I'll become irrelevant, right? If you don't keep up with different tools and things, you know, who knows? How can you participate? But, you know, I would say, especially going back to some of the things that you believe in, this idea of stories and just, you know, visualization, um, you know, whenever I start any project or I think about the work that I'm doing, I always ask myself, what is the story that I can tell? Because I've come to learn And it's not always true, but 90% of the time, if there's no story to tell about the work that you're doing, then is it really making a difference? Is it really helping to solve a problem? And so I always look for what story can I tell from my work? And so, you know, one of the reasons I actually went back to school was because I always used to think I spend so much time talking about what teaching should look like, what students should be doing. And I wondered like, wow, now that I know all these things, what would it be like to be a student? You know, and so I was really excited to tell that story of, you know, we're so lucky today to have all of these different tools and platforms that you mentioned. You can learn anything, anytime, anywhere with anyone. I mean, just look at me and you, right? I'm in a program. I come to Finland and visit you. (laughs) And now here we are interviewing each other and just learning so much more. You're in your studio. I'm at home, different parts of the world, different time zones. That's just an incredible opportunity that I think a lot of students don't know is available to them. And so a really big part of me being so active on these different platforms is to really spread that story of what can you as a student do today without having to wait for your teacher to tell you. 
And I think that's a really important part of the story. Like my teacher or none of my professors told me to start a podcast, but I have the tools and it's an interest of mine. And that's all it needs to be. And I can get up and I can start doing it. And I'm learning so much. So that story is something that I'm really excited to share. Well, I connect to everything that you say there. (laughs) I mean, literally everything. Um, Hey, um, how about, I mean, you mentioned so much about like the idea of stories and sharing stories, of course, between humans. But uh, then we have AI. We have a lot of automation going on. We have, of course, recommendation systems uh, successing very actively what we should be uh, looking at. So how do you think, uh, what should we truly watch and do and learn in this new era of AI and everything? Yeah, no, I mean, I think storytelling is such a human, um, it's such a part of the human experience. And I think, you know, humans really tell stories the best. And I think one of the things that AI and automation and all these things give us is really, you know, data and how we make sense of that data and how we tell stories um, is going to become so important. But a few things that I've been doing or that I have found to be helpful in this new era is most importantly, this is really what I think changed everything for me. And that is looking at what is happening in other industries. I think a lot of times we only stay in our own field and in our own industry. And it wasn't until I started looking at, okay, what's happening in business? What's happening in marketing? What's happening in healthcare? That I started to realize, wait a minute, everybody has the same problems. (laughs) Everybody is trying to figure out how to live in the era of AI, not just educators. And as you watch what different people are doing, yes, it's a different industry, but there are so many lessons that you can learn from what other people are doing to bring back to your own. I, I so connect to that as well. I mean, it's, uh, it's, isn't it interesting that, I mean, all industries seem to kind of be media houses also, even if they don't want to be media houses. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> to deal with AI, to deal with recommendation systems and uh, reskill the people. And uh, it's... It's amazing, isn't it? It's like, isn't it like all disciplines are kind of coming together to, uh, I mean, collaboration is really, really, truly needed. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's another thing that's really important. And, you know, you talked when I share my episode, you know, I love this story that you tell of how everything you did in your life was just from curiosity, you know? And I think, oh yeah, yeah. and, And I think so many people have forgotten how to be curious because we go through these traditional school systems and then we go into workplaces and we just are like on, we're just, we're just on autopilot. We're just going through everything because we just have to without thinking a lot of times. And I think yeah. taking a step back and remembering how to be curious, how to be creative is what's going to give you um, the ability to take advantage of the era of AI. Cause it's exciting. You know, there's a lot of opportunities for really humans to think about what do we want to do? You know, wow, the machines can do all of this now. What now? Wow, I get to do all those things that I never had time for. So I I think it's exciting. Um, Hey, talking about uh, life, I mean, what we are doing. So can you share some uh, turning point, perhaps some something that made you uh, think about differently, about learning about, well, about anything, basically? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I don't know if I told you, but I graduated just about two months before the recession in 2007. 
And, you know, before the recession, it was like people always said, right, you go to school, get good grades, and, and that's the key, right? Once you finish school, you get all your good grades and you graduate, and you get to get a great job, and then everything is just smooth. And I remember after the recession, it, it, everything was just so different. You know, it was really hard to get a job and everything became really competitive. And I felt like a lot of the things that I had learned in school, they just weren't true anymore. And I read a book. It was called Lynchpin by Seth Godin. And one of the things that he talked about in his book was the idea that you have to be indispensable, meaning that with automation, it's very easy to replace people who are average. If you're just going to do what a machine can do, well, then somebody like some a machine will be cheaper than you. So nobody needs you. So you have to start thinking about what are the skills that you have that a machine can't take. And in that moment, I swear my whole life changed. And that's that. I think that was the moment when I started looking at what story do I want to tell about the work that I'm doing? What problem am I solving? What am I helping with? Like, like what is unique that I'm bringing that a machine could never bring? And I'm not even lying. Ever since that day, I never applied for another job. It was always because I was telling stories online that I was meeting people and that was leading to new opportunities. And I think that's another reason I try to share more as well, because I think there's just so much opportunity in telling your story and building those relationships with people all over the world through social media platforms. Mm. I, I connected that <laughs> so well. I mean, I have a different story, obviously, but um, to the kind of end result of your, um, I mean, where you are now, I connected that um, so much. I mean, it's like... Um, It's so important to be uh, super active. I mean, really curious and uh, active in whatever you are doing. And then just see what happens. I mean, there will be some people that are interested in, in your story, if it's a good story, obviously. Yeah, and everyone has a good yeah. story, right? It's just how yeah. you tell it. Well, and I think that's the yeah. skill. And, I, and I, that's why I love your work about, you know, um, like data visualization and all these things, because it, it's not easy to tell a story, you know? Yes, we can, we all have one, but how we tell it and having that skill it is so important. I'm waiting for your online course so, so I can take oh, yeah. it and learn. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm uh, I'm so fascinated about our discussion last week because I mean, I've been I've been certainly planning and I'm, I I would really like to uh, work on it with you and uh, hear your feedback about the early attempts. I mean, I have done some things already online in in many ways. But um, one of the things I, I really liked what you said about uh, the importance of being curious, because this is the whole motivation um, for making also online learning course. Right. I mean, I, I think it's a really interesting question. Well, let's have this course. Will people actually learn? What will they learn? <laughs> um, I have to share. Um, did we talk about the storytelling? Because I, I what I've been uh, myself finding a really good way of uh, starting a story is to ask questions like if you let's say you look at the visual or data or photo or a situation just to ask like what is happening what is happening here and where 
exactly and when. And, it, and uh, if you answer that, I think it's so easily a start of a story. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's so important because, you know, today we consume so many photos and so many videos that other yeah. people have created. And I think we talked about this, that until you don't create your own, you can't always understand how to analyze. And that makes it easy then for you to believe anything you see. And so it's so important, I think, to have the experience of creating so that you can actually say, well, wait a minute, what if they made it this yeah. way? What, what was their intention? You know, and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I, I just, uh, I was thinking that it's interesting because if you ask that question, like, okay, what is happening here? Yeah. And then you get an answer. So might be that somebody wants us to think that something is happening in that photo or in visual, right? But then that leads to the kind of follow-up question, like, okay, well, what is the actual story behind here? I mean, is the actual story that somebody wanted to make this visual or photo or, you know, video, anything to look like a story so that we will believe it. So it's it's like always there is perhaps a bigger story or some story behind even kind of those that look like stories that we should uh, believe in. Absolutely. And, and that doesn't always mean that it has to be negative, right? That somebody's trying no, to trick you. Not. No, It could be no. very genuine. But just understanding that there is always a bias, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even if they don't uh, want to introduce a yeah. bias. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, isn't it also a skill uh, to learn uh, how and what kind of biases we ourselves might have? <laughs> Absolutely. And how that impacts our stories, too. Yeah, because it's uh, all about, uh, all about uh, of course, memories and... Um, and uh, and uh, how we tell uh, the story to ourselves, like, okay, what brought us here? Absolutely. Uh, just curious about uh, when you mentioned about online uh, social communities, uh, I think it was really interesting when you said that, okay, well, just being online, uh, being active in social media, uh, be able to learn there, be able to connect to new people. But how about last time? Like, what did you learn online last time? What was it? And how did it happen? You know, I would probably say the podcast because I had been thinking about this idea for so long. I can't even tell you. I was thinking about this idea for months and months and months. And a really big part of me was scared. And, you know, it's it's nervous. It's, you get nervous, right? You're like at emailing people. Can I interview you? Are people going to say yes to me? Are they going to say no? Like there's a lot of fear. And... I think I and I want to share that part of it too because I think sometimes when people see people you know like me they think like oh well it's just easy for you like oh you're you're so techy or you're this or you're that and it it's not true like we all get scared when we're trying something new and it honestly was really the people who are kind of in my network online who I was watching create podcasts, who had invited me to be on their podcasts. I would always ask them, like, is it hard? You know, um, does it take a lot of time? What is it like for you? <laughs> and they would they, they were just so encouraging. And everybody would always say, like, if you ever do one, you know, we'll help you. Like, let me know if you have any questions. And so when I finally decided to start, my the first place I went was Instagram. 
and I started messaging all of my friends or all of the people that I knew <laughs> who had a podcast and who had told me, when you start, ask us questions. And I started asking my questions. And, you know, it's so nice. Like, even now, people are like, how's it going? Can I help you with anything? And things like that. And so, you, you know, you begin to build this network. And, you know, so many of these people I've never even met before in real life. You know, I, yeah. ju I just know them online and through the work that they share and things like that. And so I, I, would, I would really say it's the podcast and I'm still learning, you know, I'm still going back to them every day. And I imagine I will keep going back to all of you every day. Like even today, you showing me your studio and telling me about yeah. the different ways yeah. in which you've set it up. Like you just learn so much through actually doing things. And then you have this incredible network that you can message any time along the way. Yeah, I mean, um, I connect to that so well. Again, I mean, I think this is like third time I say it. <laughs> um, I don't know if I said, but uh, for this season, one of the Cloud Reachers podcast, um, I um, it was the actually the second session. So I was thinking like, okay, who to invite? And and on Twitter, I was following Laura Kalbach, who is a um, developer on accessibility or digital accessibility uh, expert on that. And, uh, and uh, she was actually asking for uh, feedback on her audiobook. And uh, I volunteered. Then I was listening to the audiobook in a train from like Uvascula to Helsinki and gave Laura some advice. I don't know if it was good advice, but anyways, I was giving like, okay, well, yeah, perhaps uh, you could think of the kind of the, some things about the mm. horses and when you're reading. I mean, it was really fantastic audiobook already. So, I mean, <laughs> I didn't have to do that much work. But anyway, I mean, it's like, I mean, I was thinking, I mean, this is literally happening because of the online connection, right? right? So uh, then I decided that, I mean, wow, how about I'll, I'll just invite her to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there we go. She said yes. And then we did it remotely. I have to say I was also pretty nervous because, I mean, it was, I had new mics and I was all remote. It was like this kind of setting that we today have. We had the video link and uh, then both of us were recording the audio um, with our own mics. And uh, then we were just uh, stitching them together. And you learn so much. Obviously, it's a challenge. But uh, it's it's an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I love that story because it's not like you did her audiobook because you wanted her on your podcast. And I think that's that's the part yeah. that's hard for people to understand is that it might not it might happen, it might not happen, and how it happens you don't yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you have to be. Uh, it's kind of be, isn't it like uh, being uh, kind to people. Uh, volunteer to help and also at the same time be curious and uh, that's exactly I mean uh, now I'm understanding something about the about the stories I mean the importance of storytelling because if you don't know this story it might look like so super almost too easy if people are doing for example a podcast or creating media or doing whatever uh, that's in the expertise but uh, if you know this story that led to that expertise, I think it's like, you know, it's also raising the question like, okay, well, are you also ready for such an adventure? <laughs> <laughs> and then if not, what is your excuse? <laughs> 
Oh, I love that. that. That is such a good sentence. Like, I love that you talk, you call it an adventure. And also what is like, there's no excuses. But you know, I, I think it's also important. And that's another reason why I use these platforms a lot is I think it's important to show people behind the scenes. I think if you only show people oh, yeah, the end, yeah. it's very difficult. But then they think like, wow, I could never do that. But when they see oh, yeah, all the yeah. things that are leading to it, and again, you tell that story with all those different data points, then people begin to say, yeah. oh, that's how it happened. Yeah, yeah. And also sharing the challenges. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, um, it's, uh, I mean it's, it's kind of challenging to carry these mics around and, uh, you know, set it up always. And uh, then, then it's always a risk that, you know, like you don't see the video from the laptop and, or anything like that. But uh, that's part of life, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, time zones too, right? Like we don't have to work yeah. anymore in just nine to five. Like, okay, so you're yeah. going to do something no. a bit later. You, you get to wake up later. You know, there, there's all these different ways to design anything it is you want to do. Absolutely. Hey, about, um, just think about your vision. I mean, you have shared your vision already uh, in, in many ways. But um, let's look at the online and future of learning, especially, um, and the role of online for uh, for future of learning. So, what is your vision? My vision for the future. You know, one of the things, and I think this is why I I ask so much for you to do your um, online courses. I really see in the future people learning from other people. You know, I think people will start to see like, wow, Tommy, like you really understand data visualization and how to tell a story with data. I want to learn from you. And, you know, you know, right now when I really want to learn something and dive deep, I'm looking for an online course and I'm looking for, and not just the online course, but I'm looking to see the teacher and how they, and they may not be a teacher in the traditional sense, like they went to a teacher program. I'm looking to see what are you going to give me that's going to allow me to be successful. And I think all of us mm. have something to teach. There's something that we're all really interested And I think this is why it's so important to know what you're interested in and what your strengths are. Because if you can really get good at something and understand how to teach that to other people, I really think that's the future because we we have to be learning now all the time. Like I feel like I'm yeah, I'm behind, yeah. you know, and I always have to be learning something. And so I can't keep paying to go to school and to be in a formal program. I need other places. And you know, social media is great when you want to learn the informal. But when I really need a proper course, like I know nothing about this, I need to spend some time, few weeks beginning to end. And I need help getting there. I need a coach. I think that's what it is, that coaching model. And I think people who oh, can yeah. coach each other, I really see that as a really big part of the future of online learning. Mm -hmm. I so connected that. I don't know if I ever mentioned, but uh, we have been uh, calling our own uh, community uh, around Alto Online Learning a coaching network. Oh, really? Yeah, where everybody's coaching and everybody's also coachable. Yes, wow. So that's the promise I <laughs> I, I really, really <laughs> would like to hear from uh, all of the people joining the project. So, and uh, it's, it's, I think it's really, really important that it's both ways. 
So, yes. so not just coaching others, right? Teaching others, right? But also being coachable, being like ready to learn new things. And Absolutely. it seems to work. Yeah. And uh, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I just realized that uh, we should do this on a really large scale. So basically everybody in the world could be or should be in this network. Yeah. And, uh, kind of find some people who want to learn something from them yeah. and then vice versa. Yeah, it's like a trade almost, you know, and so it becomes yeah. really interesting as well when you think about like money, you know, like maybe I can't afford to take a course, but hey, if you are interested in my course and I'm interested in yours, can we maybe trade? You know, like there's so many different yeah. ways to think about it. You know, maybe I can't take the five week course, but maybe there's a one week course. There's a lot of flexibility, I think, that there exists. Maybe if I really like your course and I want to specialize more, maybe I want one on one coaching with you, you know. So oh, it yeah, allows me yeah. to really choose my own path. Yeah, this kind of, uh, I think in language learning, there is this, uh, what is it called? Tandem learning, right? So I'm teaching you French and you are teaching me English. And <laughs> kind of, I think it's uh, it's really nice. I participated in um, uh, kind of informally uh, when I was living in Germany. Oh, really? So my uh, roommate wanted to learn Swedish. I mean, in Finland, we also speak Swedish and I understand it pretty well. I wanted to uh, learn German. Okay. So we had a deal. <laughs> He's speaking to me Swedish. I'm speaking to him German. <laughs> it was so interesting, you know, I mean, and other colleagues, when they came to our room, they were like, wow, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's so yeah. nice. And, you know, it's a really nice way to appreciate people as well. It makes people feel good. Like, wow, oh, you're interested? Oh, I have something to teach you? Because a lot of times the yeah. things we can teach, we don't even think they're special because we already know them. So it's it's very, yeah. it makes people feel good. Hey, let's get back to this because, I mean, uh, or, I mean, perhaps yeah. uh, even now, like, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious, like, what would be the currency exactly there? I mean, would it be really money or would it be just, okay, well, I offer like, I don't know, um, these videos or this uh, half an hour session with you or online to teach, uh, I mean, French or mathematics or or, or making podcasts or anything. <laughs> yeah, I think it has to be both. You know, I think, yeah. you know, you have to think about like, not only how are you helping other people, but also like that's a product. So how are you going to yeah. monetize, you know? And I think yeah. in every product stream, there are some, there's different price points. And so I think it's yeah. important for people to um, be paid for, you know, this, oh, yeah. what yeah. they're creating and what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps have like a hybrid model where yeah. some of the things is like exchanging of the coaching and then some things are actually actual money. Because, Absolutely. I mean, we need to buy also food. <laughs> yes. As essentially, essentially live and, yeah, accommodation. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I don't know if society is so ready for <laughs> No, that's too extreme. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, please build me a house. I will teach you French. <laughs> yeah. Or making a podcast. Um, hey, that, this has been so fantastic. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, hey, one final question. Uh, because um, this is what we ask for all the guests. So uh, the name of the podcast is Cloud Reachers. Me cloud meaning like a dream or also online or, you know, anything that you want to reach out. So in your own field, who or what is the Cloud Reacher? 
Yeah. Um, so actually, you know what? This actually ties into the question, the, what we were just talking about, about, you know, making money and revenue, but also doing good. And, you know, actually just this morning, I interviewed um, a person, his name is Matthew Manos um, for my podcast. And one of the things that I think makes him a cloud reacher, as you would say, is that he is creating, he's saying, let's create a new business model, right? Because he said, it's great to make an impact, but you also have to make revenue, right? So yes, we want to make a difference, but we also need to make money. And he has designed a business model and he calls it models of impact. And it's available, you can download it for free online, but this model basically is a framework to help you think about your social enterprise in both ways. How will you make an impact, but also how will you make money? And he has a company called Very Nice, and he's the CEO of it. And he's also a professor actually at USC um, in one of the newer schools that basically um, it's a major that brings design, business and technology all together. And so and so, yeah, I, I really think I'm I think it's such a great I think everybody wants to do work that makes a difference. I think it makes people feel good. I think people want purpose. But a lot of times it doesn't pay the bills. And the fact that he's come up with this model that allows you to think about making a difference and making money, I think is just, it's, it's groundbreaking. I mean, it's so incredible. Whoa, thanks for sharing. I mean, I learned something new. <laughs> I mean, not just this one, but I mean, so many things that you mentioned here. I will check for the uh, models of impact, was it right? And a very nice company. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Abba. This was fantastic um, in, in so many ways. Thanks yeah. for joining Cloud Reachers. Let's have another session, another episode. You are always welcome as a guest. Oh, thank you so much. It was so nice to chat with you as always. This was Cloud Reachers. I'm Tomi Kaupinen. Um, hear you next time. Ciao.